0: For me to live is Christ For me to die is gain Every moment in between There'll be joy and there'll be pain I can't worry about the future Or change a thing about my past I've got this moment to believe And I'm gonna make it last This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street, Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Father, it seems every week as we explore what it means to be a disciple maker, every time we think we've done a hard sermon, we come across the next one. And and, uh, there's so much truth that is uncomfortable, God. And so I'm, I'm praying that you would give us the wisdom and clarity to speak into the discomfort, to bring comfort, and to bring light. Father, remove us from this teaching. Let only your truth pass through our lips. Father, if there's anything that comes from Carrie or from me, anything that uh, we think is witty or funny or uh, silly or honest or true, If it's from us, God, we pray that it's quickly forgotten. But if it's yours, if it rings with your truth and drips with your grace, then we pray that it takes root in the heart of every one of us who hears it so that we might be changed, made new, transformed, because your word has that power and we do not. So we trust in you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen Amen. 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 okay so as we are walking through the uh, uh, the questions that we ask ourselves as disciple makers the first one we asked was am I fervently pursuing my faith and we've now been asking am I invested completely in the mission and uh, this one just takes a while because there are so many different ways for us to invest in the mission we started off by talking about how important it is to be engaged uh, and so Coming to a gathering, being a part of a community is an important piece to that. Uh, Going to church is not about hearing the sermon. Going to church is about coming alongside like-minded individuals who are striving after this same jesus and learning from each other and teaching each other and loving each other and encouraging each other and so being engaged is important but it's also important for us to gather in smaller groups so that we can have a better sense of accountability and really start to apply the things that we're learning um, <clears throat> the bible says that knowledge puffs up but love builds up as so we aren't careful we can get so caught up in just Gathering knowledge that we forget to actually put it into practice and I don't know about you But I took some French when I was in high school and I couldn't tell you hardly anything about it anymore Because even though I spent two years in it I haven't spent any time since and I haven't applied it so I don't remember most of what I learned and the same can be true About the word you can learn a lot that's in it and be able to quote it But if you haven't been applying it you can forget what you learned And so being engaged is important. But giving is also important. And we started, uh, through the process of giving, talking about something everybody can give, everybody in this room. And that's encouragement. And so we we talked about how important it was to help people be brave enough to make the right decisions. But the truth is, the, the next step is to give our time and talent. And the truth is, that is also something everyone in this room can do. Because every one of you has been given a gift by the Spirit of God. And every one of you has an opportunity then uh, to share in the service and the mission of Christ through the way you, he's gifted you and the time that you have. And how you decide to invest both of those will, will dictate how effective we are in reaching others for Jesus. And so we showed that in VBS
1: Absolutely. There
0: were there were times we typically have around 30 people uh, on a on a Sunday gathering if we have a good Sunday but the very first day of UBS we had 16 volunteers. <laughs> Over the course of the week some of those volunteers couldn't make it every week but others joined in so that we had 20 almost as many volunteers as we had kids
1: mm-hmm, and they
0: were all giving their time and their talent as they went through that week and, and it was great
1: we are so proud
0: oh my goodness it was it was a <laughs> it was a big pastor day a pastor we week were
1: boasting <clears throat> and just bragging about all of you all so yes. much it was just phenomenal to have that higher percentage of your attenders actually participating was just amazing.
0: It was. It was incredible. So now we've talked about encouragement. We've talked about time and talent. And now it's time to talk about your resources. And this is a tough topic. And uh, it's especially tough because the whole time that we've been talking about it, we've been talking about stewardship. God gave you the ability to encourage. God gave you the gifts that you're using. God gave you the time that you have, but God also gave you your resources, and we want to talk about that. And we're going to be today in a 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 6 to 15. And I want to, I just want to talk about this briefly. For those of you who have some uh, Bible knowledge, You you've heard the fight about whether or not we should be giving to the church. That is a Believe it or not, that is a thing that's going on in Christian Christendom right now, is it is it important to give to the church. You're supposed to give to God, but is it important to give to the church? And is it 10%? Is it a tithe? What, what is going on with that? Um, and this passage in 2 Corinthians 9 is used on both sides. For those who believe that you should be giving to the church, it's used as a proof passage. But it's also used by those who believe you should not give to the church because this is a special gift. This is a collection that was being taken up in the churches for Paul to take back to Jerusalem because they were experiencing a drought. And so a person who doesn't believe that you should give to the church would say, this is not about giving on Sunday. This is about a special event. This is a disaster that was happening, and so it was a special gift, and so you can't use it for this. But listen to me. God often used the situation that people were in to teach principles that were timeless and eternal. And if we isolate this and say, this only counts for when people are in trouble, it there's two problems with that. The first one is, the principles are the same whether people are in trouble or not. And the second one is people are always in trouble. So regardless of where you land on this, the principles that we're teaching today from this passage apply. So that's that's how we want to start with you today. So I, I am going to go ahead and give us a few seconds to talk about this consider question. This is the consider question for today. And it is Do I believe God is generous? Take about 10 or 15 seconds just to consider that for yourself.
1: Okay, so like Michael said, we are going to be in 2 Corinthians. That's in the New Testament, chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. If you don't have your Bible, you can grab a Bible from underneath your table. If you don't have your own Bible, take that with you. That's our gift to yes. you. Yes. Um, or you can look it up on your phone under version, Y-O-U-Version. That's a free app that you can download um, and follow along with us um, in the Word. We're going to be in the New Living Translation. And
0: we, we should warn you, we're going to do a lot of flipping today.
1: Yes. So get ready. We're going to do a lot of
0: references today. Yes, we're going to do
1: a lot of references today. We're going to throw some up on the screen. But if you have your notebook with you, you might want to write some things down. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you're there, say amen. amen. So we're going to start in verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And that word generously there actually means blessing. And you want to talk about that, Michael?
0: Yeah, this changed this passage for me. Um, The ESV says bountifully. Here, this one says um, generously. But the actual word here means blessing. And so what it's saying is the one who plants blessing will receive blessing. Now, it happens to be that blessing always means abundance in God's economy. And so it is true that the more you plant, the more you get. But this isn't just about throwing spaghetti at the wall, and I'm just going to give and give and give until God gives back to me. What this is saying is, if you live a life where you are willing to bless others, God is going to bless you even more because he loves watching you love on his kids. So it's not just about, we're going to just do a whole bunch of seeds and hope something works. No, this is about planting specific seeds on purpose that blesses people. Because when we do, God blesses us even more.
1: All right. So then we're going to go into verse 7. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Mm-hmm. And don't give reluctantly. In other words, that reluctancy there means don't let them squeeze it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to give of your time, if you're going to give of your talent, and that talent may be hospitality, that talent may be greeting people at the door, that talent may be, you know, helping with the worship team, or that talent also could be giving of your money. Okay. Whatever that is, don't let people force you to do that. Don't let them squeeze it out of you. It needs to come out of you genuinely, right? Which goes along with the A in the jar, which is authenticity. That's right. Be authentic when you give. Don't give because you want necessarily the praise or that because you're feeling you're you're reluctantly doing it and you feel you have to, right? You want to give because God wants you to give because you want to give. Right. And
0: and this is a good place for us to just say we know what the criticism of the church is. That that's all they talk about is is money. Like all they want is for you to give their money, right? Here's the thing. The church has, over the centuries, been responsible for the beginning of hospitals and orphanages and um, homeless shelters and all of these things. And, And if good Christian people had not been giving to the church to make that possible, they would not have happened. VBS this week would not have happened if good people had not given money so that we had something to use to make that happen. But here's the thing. Churches don't ask you to give so that they can have money. Churches, especially pastors who understand what stewardship is about, what they want is for you to see the blessing and the generosity of God. And the only way for you to see that is for you to test him in it. Right?
1: So, and and to add to that, those who give will have everything they need for every situation. So a lot of times the reason we're asking for that giving of time or money or resources or whatever is so that we can then as a church bless others in every situation as well. It's not just about taking care of each other, but it's also taking care of anyone who comes into our door, into our path. And we wanna be able to do that both individually but also corporately as well okay and,
0: and just so you know the money that comes in for the jar we reserve 10 percent of that to give to missions and stuff so we 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 support a church in Bulgaria that is doing great ministry over there we add another 10 percent on top of that that we keep to the side so that we can help people in need and so we're, we are always at whatever money we get in 20 percent of it is held back from the operation of the church to do ministry with. And we believe that that honors God and that he will then continue to bless us. Now, we're not tooting our horns. We're letting you know that if you are here and you are a part of the church and you are giving to the JAR, that you are also supporting missions outside of the JAR and people in the community who need that help.
1: Thank you. Thanks for saying that. So our first thing is, Will you? uh, you will always harvest what you plant is basically what these two verses are saying. Right. You will always harvest what you plant. And Exodus 25, 2, I'm going to throw that up there. Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sac- their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from all, and what does it say? Whose hearts are moved. That sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whose hearts are moved to offer them. So like I said, we, we can sit up here. This is, this is a hard one.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> this
1: is the number one um, sermon or teaching that people are like, oh, here they go. They're talking about money. They're talking about resources. They're talking about time. You know, but uh, honestly, it's because we want to see the blessings that God has promised us, not only for us as as a as a family, but also for you guys individually. And we've seen it happen. Over and over and over in people's lives. We've witnessed it. We've witnessed it in our own lives. God has blessed us in times when we didn't deserve it. And when we planted those seeds, we got to see that harvest. And here's the thing. God doesn't want us to give, like I said, because we feel we have to. He wants you to give because your heart is moved to give.
0: When that verse says give cheerfully, the root Greek word for cheerfully is hileron. Which is where we get the word hilarious. So when God wants us to give that way, he wants us laughing and being excited and just like, we, I can't believe we get to do this. We get to give to make this happen. Um, but what often happens, and this is just true, and I've been there myself. So if I'm pointing a finger at you right now, I'm pointing three back at me. Okay. But there have been times when I have regulated what I gave to the church by instead of giving to the church, deciding what I was going to pay for. So I won't give any money to the church, but I'll buy stuff for the church that I think the church should have. And what you're doing then is you're, no, you're not giving to God anymore. You are purchasing your privilege. You're purchasing your uh, preference. And what God wants you to do is give that money up. Give it up in such a way that you don't have necessarily any say over it anymore about where it goes and what it does. But the the way that you can be sure that you are giving to God is that you consider the organization you're supporting. Are they doing the ministry of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. And if they are, then you have to be able to trust them with those funds when you give them away. So you give it away and you walk away. And that is difficult to do. Because all of us know that money is one of the best ways that you can have power over something. And we all hate giving up control of any power that we may have. I feel the same way. But my God has asked me to trust Him with it, not the people I'm giving it to. That He will make sure that's used correctly. And so that's important for us to, to understand. That's
1: right. And also too to know that God promised to open the windows of heaven yes. for you and yes. pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough time to take it all in. Yeah. Okay. I've got and that we up have here. yes, and we have seen that over and over since we have started this ministry. God continues to just pour into this building, pour into our team over and over and over again. And so we cannot wait to get to the place where we can start pouring back into the community. Well, and but, Malachi. Yeah,
0: I oh. I didn't change the
1: oh.
0: the reference here. This is actually Malachi 310.
1: <laughs> Malachi For those of you guys who are
0: paying attention, this is Malachi 310. Yeah, so I was gonna
1: read Malachi 310. Don't, and, and basically it's basically saying, don't let worry rob you of God's blessing, okay? So many of us, like, we, we worry, okay, well, if I put 10 bucks back in the giving jar, am I gonna have enough money for retirement, mm. am I going to have yes. enough money for or emergencies? to buy food? Or, am I going to yeah. have enough money to pay that bill this week? Right, and that's tough. That's hard. It's hard to give that up. I I I'm preaching to myself today, because that's hard to do. Like Michael said, to give that up, right? But we can see God's promises in Malachi. So Malachi chapter three verses ten through twelve says, "Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple." And if you do says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He says.
0: You imagine God saying, wow. "Try me out. Put me to the test. See if you can outgive me." Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. See if you can outgive me. Mm-hmm. You think you you think you're worried about that little bit that you've got? think about what i have there's a place in the scripture where it says he has a ca- he has cattle on a thousand hills he has more than you can dream or imagine he has everything so you can't give him right and that's what this is saying test me and see if i don't bless you if you if you use my principles that's yes right. ma'am.
1: okay the question that i have is what if somebody that's okay Let's say somebody has the talent to sing, or that they want to have a, they want to help out with the church or, or things like that, and they're not. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my neighbor for an example. My neighbor is not able to go anywhere mm-hmm. because she's immobile.
0: Right.
1: And uh, what about those people that are homebound or immobile or? Like
0: that. Well, that's a good question. So one of the things we're going to do for conversation time is we're going to answer questions again like we did last week because this is such a hard topic. <coughs> but I will speak to that right now. <coughs> um, that that may be one of the ways that your neighbor can help a, a church mm-hmm. where they may not be able to do a whole lot of serving in other ways right. is to have something that they give. But the, the principle is... That I am giving to God because I believe that he, has a, he, he is the one who has the ability to use it correctly. Right. And it also helps me remember, when I give to God, it helps me remember that he's in charge of all of it. That's why I think the tithe is a great teaching. Whether you believe it's necessary in the New Testament or not doesn't matter to me. Tithe means 10%. And here's the thing. If you are making money and you're living off of and you give ten percent, you gotta trust him to live off the ninety. Exactly. Because most of the people in the world, especially in America today, live on a hundred and five percent of their income. They actually are at self imposed poverty because they are actually living a lifestyle they can't afford. And so when God comes along and says, give me 10%, they're like, man, I can't even afford what I'm doing now. How am I going to give him 10%? But what God is saying is, if you give this to me and use my principles, that 90% is going to go further than the 105% you've been putting on your credit cards.
1: Exactly.
0: So trust me, put me to the test. See if I don't bless your doors off.
1: Well, And I'll speak to that too, as far as people not being present in your actual building. Right. Okay. Our ministry right now is being sponsored by people who live in a completely different state. Yep. Our ministry right now is being supported by our sponsors of this church plant. They have all agreed to and promised to support us financially for three years three years and y'all these people they
0: these are people who already give to their that are already
1: giving to the church in indiana that they attend or may not be attending but they're also giving to the jar through our website or through you know our um our app or whatever and they're or through nexus and they're giving routinely every month or every week towards this ministry. Right. So there are a lot of people who are, are homebound. Um, there's a lot of elderly that are homebound. The other thing too is, and speaking of the elderly or people who are, are homebound, that speaks to me as a working in the healthcare field and working in hospice and home health and all of that. We have people in our lives right now that are homebound. They cannot get out to to their church, their regular church. But they are giving of their money and of their prayer, of time, okay? And their prayers and their giving of their finances is huge. Now, I know a lot of people, I grew up in the church my whole life, okay? And there have been a lot of people who have attended church from the time they were infants like I did all the way until the time that they passed and take their last breath. And there are a lot of people who become homebound or who are elderly who did give of their time and talent. Like they would have served in VBS for 25 years every week and been here physically and gave and did snacks or ran around with the kids or did whatever, like all the things you guys did this week. But then they get into their 70s or 80s and they can't do it anymore. They physically cannot give of their time and talent. However, their priority shifts a little. Now, they may or probably are already also giving of their, of their finances. They're tithing as well, okay? But what I'm saying is now their focus shifts even more to praying. Their prayers become important. Their giving of their money becomes important because it funds the ministry and the mission that God is, is setting before us. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Having said that though, don't use that as an excuse right, either, right, <laughs> right, right. right? Right. Just those same people who were able to give of their, of their time and talent physically were also giving of their resources as well. That they were tithing so. regularly and they were praying as well, okay? Right, right. But, and God asks us to do all of those things, yes. okay? But there are definitely ways now with our technology and everything else that we can give and not have to be physically in the building. Right. Does that answer because, your question? Because basically, we are the church. That's right. Yes. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, to to me, um, we give our tithe to the church. But I also know, like, we have two children that we sponsor through Compassion, mm-hmm. and we sponsor those children.
0: Yes, and we have a missionary in Chicago that we sponsor. And we
1: also so, support a missionary in Chicago. Right. Like, there are other offerings that we give. But our tithe goes to the church it goes set, into the jar into the jar. Yeah. Okay. So we so we also
0: even though uh, Carrie gets she gets her salary from hospice, I get my salary from the jar. But I still tithe back into the jar because it's not about me paying myself. It's about me giving that money to God uh, so that He can use it how He wants, Definitely. right? And and so all of us have that opportunity. And the truth is. If, you've, started, if you, you've been living at 105% of your income or if you are just struggling just to get by month to month, the concept of thinking, okay, I'm gonna start giving 10% right now is scary. It's possible, God will, God will bless you for it. But you also have to put into practice the other principles that he teaches us about money. If you just give 10%, but you don't put any of the other principles into practice, you will find yourself in a mess, and you'll wonder, where was God? I gave my 10%. Right. But you also need to recognize that there is a way God wants you to handle your money. Right. So the other 90% is also his. Give 10% to him, use the other 90% the way that he is directing you to use it.
1: Right. So then let's go into verse, that leads us into verse 8 yes. then, going forward. We talked about Malachi. And this is in, in verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. And all means what? Everything. All. All means all. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others.
0: That sounds fun, right? Which
1: the ESV says so that you'll have all uh, sufficiency in all things at all times or all contentment there. And I want to talk about the word. That
0: independence. That's
1: right. And I want to talk about the word need there. Because there's a difference <laughs> between need and want.
0: Oh, she stopped preaching went to meddling. What?
1: Okay? <laughs> All right. There's a difference between need and want. And you notice God doesn't say there, then you always have everything you want. Not yeah. necessarily. He doesn't say that. I love you, my brothers and sisters, but he doesn't say that. Yeah. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you everything you want. He says, I'm going to give you everything you need and then some. Yeah. And that then some, you're going to bless others with it. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to overflow And that overflow, you're going to give back. And we're going to talk about why in just a second. But this verses eight through 10, right? Basically, it's God saying, God gives us resources to use and invest for him. We're investing in him when we give. And and when we talk about needs versus once, I found Randy Alcorn, an American Protestant author. He said this phrase, and I thought this was interesting. He said, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Oh, wow. Right? So he's not going to give you more when you can't handle what you got already. Exactly. Okay? He wants you to handle what you got right now so that he can give you even more and you're going to keep giving. He's not, le- he's not raising you for the standard of living. He's raising you up so that you can continue to bless others. And that's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. We're Americans. That's hard. We're taught get more, get more, have more, be more. Right? Yeah. That's we're constantly told that. And the, that's tough. It's tough to hear that God is saying that to us. Right?
0: This is the way uh, I've I've taught it in the past. We are taught to survive and thrive. First we survive, we pay the bills we have to. <laughs> Whatever's left, we thrive. We go to movies. We get video games. We uh, we go out to eat. That's the that's the big one, man. Going out to eat, we get uh, we do that premium <laughs> coffee at five dollars a cup.
1: We're bad about We're, that
0: one. You know, there, there's all these ways that we thrive. And so, if we've been surviving for a long time, and we haven't had much chance to thrive, the culture of poverty says, since I've been surviving all this time, I deserve that thirty dollar pizza. I deserve that $5 coffee, and we put ourselves in in a bad place. Secular people will tell you, before you survive and thrive, save. Save, pay yourself first, then survive, then thrive. But God says, no, 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 you don't understand. It starts with me. You give, then you save, then you survive, then you thrive.
1: Which is opposite of our culture. Which is
0: opposite of our culture. So our culture says, survive and thrive, and if you have anything left over, either save it or give it, whatever you want to do. But what God says is, give to him first, then save for you, then survive, pay your bills, and if there's anything left over, thrive. And at first, got to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot to give and not a whole lot to save and not a whole lot to thrive but those of you who are bible nerds should already be thinking about the parable of the talents if you are faithful with the little you've been given god will give you more so that's what i mean by it's not just about giving it's also about doing it his way and if you give first but you also handle the rest of your money his way he will begin to bless you because what he wants you to see is whenever you get to the place where you're ready to thrive your concept of thriving is giving to others right and it's when you thrive it's not to buy a Maserati or a mansion it's to help a homeless person have a cup of coffee it's to it's to allow a person uh, to live in your place for a couple of weeks until they get to the next spot where they can go It's to share with some missionaries or support some kids from compassion. The idea of thriving changes because you have become his. And now all of a sudden, your thrive and your give look very similar and God gets you in that loop and man, he starts blessing your socks off.
1: Right, so really what these first passages are saying, it's all about heart and attitude, right? Yes. It's all about your heart and it's all about your attitude you're giving freely, you're giving cheerfully, you're giving because you want to and it's coming from the heart. That's what God is asking for. And then let's look at let's look at two passages about how when we then he gives us these resources not to use foolishly or to throw away or to hide, but to give. Let's look at two passages. So the first one is Luke chapter 6 verse 38. All right? This is, is, Jesus, this is talking. Jesus talking. He says, given you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Press down, shaken to bring more.
0: You ever done that where you, you've been filling it's like filling a bucket with sand and so you, you kind of shake it a little bit so it all settles to the bottom so there's more room to put more in?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the blessings that you... So as you are giving blessings... He's not only blessing you, he's shaking up your bucket so there's more room for blessing so he can give you more. I've
1: seen that in the clothing closet.
0: Yes. We'll go to put somebody, will come Amen. in and get
1: free clothes, right? And they'll come in and they're so thrilled, you know, that they can get what they need for their infant or for their loved one or whatever. And we put everything in trash bags and we'll take those bags and we'll shake that bag and then we'll push it down so we can get as much stuff in that bag as we can possibly fit. Right? This is what Jesus is saying. Shaken together, make room for more. And he says it'll run over and poured into your lap. Together you make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, we've talked about how a giving attitude is more important than what the amount that's given. Okay. Yes. So I I wanna I wanna talk about this real quick. Not all of us can do ten percent right out the gate. We would encourage you to try,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. trust me, we've been there, yep. and when we've done it, God has given abundantly and overflowing, like this passage says, but not all of us can start right out at 10%. Some of us have to start at 2%, and then we tell God, Lord, I'm doing 2% for the next four months, and then on the fifth month, I'm going to 3%, Okay. And the next month, I promised I would do 4%. But you know what, God? You have blessed me so abundantly and poured out. I'm now going to 8%. Okay? And I'm telling you right now, I don't think you'll have to do 1% at a time. Because when you start giving him and you start trusting him like these passages are talking about, you'll get to 10% quicker than you think. That's right. Okay? But that's my challenge to you. All right to try to get to that make, think of that 10% as your end mark okay right. but start out by what you could give and don't be embarrassed if you can't give the 10% right away
0: so here's, okay? here's a way to write it down in your notes okay first make it a priority make giving to God a priority it's the first thing you're gonna do when you get money the second is pick a percentage to start with Okay, just pick pick honestly God doesn't care what you start with. What he cares about is that you start and you begin to see the truth and the, and the attitude principles. in which you're doing it. Okay. Right. Then third, make a plan. So even if you start it, let's say you start at one percent, make a plan for when you're gonna go to two percent. And then lastly, listen to his voice. Right, right. Because what he's gonna do is he's gonna okay. let you know when you can go faster than you thought you could.
1: Right. And let's look real quick about the um, not the amount given. Let's turn to Mark chapter twelve, Mark chapter twelve verses forty one to forty four. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him. He said, "Hey guys." Come over here.
0: Uh, huddle up.
1: Huddle up. Come here. Come look at this. She gave two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who were making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Because she trusted that God would provide. Okay. And that's what he's asking us to do. It's going to, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts a little bit when you start. (coughs) But I'm telling you, the blessings outweigh that little bit of hurt at the beginning. Okay? So basically, when we go on then to verse 11, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. Let's start in verse 10, actually. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. There it is. He will provide and what? Increase Increase. your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. Or in the Greek, it means righteousness or right living within you.
0: And actually, that concept of harvest is like offspring. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're you're birthing blessings by doing this. Mm
1: Verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way. Every means every, Every. just like all means all, right? So that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem or God's holy people will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So basically from verse 11 to 13, he's saying, be generous on every occasion. God Himself is a cheerful giver. Yeah. He loves to give to His kids. How many grandparents we got up in in the in here? Uh-huh. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh huh. How much you like giving to your grandbabies? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. A whole lot, right? Yeah. We love giving to our children. and We love giving to our grandchildren. Okay, take that and like. Ex- know it? Bloat it more beyond That's God He loves to give us things He loves to be able to say I did that (laughs) Right And so because he's a cheerful giver He wants us to be like we said before Consider all that he has done for you He is pleased with you Um, You are created in his image So give generously and joyfully And if you have a hard time giving you, You may need to ask yourself What's that mean? Mm-hmm. Right, Really explore that and ask God what that means for you. And just
0: typically for me in my life, it's been one of two things. It's been either fear or control. Yep. I've either been scared that God wouldn't come through. And that's why we asked him the consider question, do you believe God is generous? Because if you don't believe God is generous, if you believe instead that God is the kind of God that waits around for you to screw up and can't wait to have you short of money, then you're going to have a hard time doing this. But when you know God is generous, then it takes some of that fear away. And the second thing is control. So I'm, I'm, scared. I'm scared to give God control of my life because if I do and he doesn't come through, I'm in trouble. I remember having a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, I've looked at all the different religions in the world and I've tried a lot of the different religions in the world and none of them have worked for me. And, And now Christianity is all that's left and I'm scared to try it because if it doesn't work, then I have no hope. And I said, well, here's the good news. The reason none of the others have worked is because this is the only one that does. So you can trust this, it works. And it's the same with your stewardship. Listen, we're not really talking about money today. We're really not. What we're talking about is faith and heart. Yeah. Do you believe him? And will you give him your heart? Mm-hmm. And money happens to be one way, it's like a thermometer for your faith. It tells you just how hot or cold it is. And the less you give, the colder your thermometer is showing. And the more you give, the hotter it is. If you use the principles, that God has given you to take care of the rest of your money What you will find is Someday you may be able to live on 10% And give him 90 But you can't start there Can you? No So if you have to start with 1% do so But I would say by the time you get to 10% You have begun to actually Live out the principles That God has, is showing In the scripture
1: Right and what's it say happens when that when that happens What's it say starting in, in verse 13 as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Yes. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. to wonderful for words. And I can tell you guys right now, we have sponsors of the jar right now who when they saw our pictures of VBS went nuts. Yes. Yes. Okay? Because yes. they believe in this ministry and the mission here on this side of town of Ardmore. And they, are, they believe in it and they're giving towards it because they want to see all that God is going to do. And they want Him to be glorified. And when it says here that they will pray for you with deep affection, I'm going to tell you all something right now. All of you all that are sitting in here, mm-hmm. there is hundreds of people in Indiana right now That are praying for you Mm -hmm. they are praying for you with an affection that only God's family can give and they are praying that we explode on this side of town they want to see not because we're gonna have the most big biggest building or the best program they want to see people's lives changed and when we took our tour in May up to Indiana to go visit our sponsors and we showed pictures of all of you, you, and you, and you, and you.
0: Yeah, even you Dewey.
1: Even you do. Me. When we showed them pictures of you all and we showed the five baptisms that God blessed us with on Easter Sunday, they went nuts. And they've never stepped foot in our building.
0: And 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 they
1: love each and every one of you with an affection that's in this passage.
0: And they are thanking God for it because they know it's God that's doing the work.
1: Because they say, you know what? We're gonna give $10 a month to the jar because we see God moving. And then we have some sponsors that give $500 a month to the jar. It's not about the amount it's about what they can give.
0: Um, God gets the glory when we give. That's right. It's just true, and, the, and um, so this passage in the scripture is a passage that wraps up all of the teaching and helps you to understand it, but it also leads us toward an understanding that our, our first job as we give to God is to give to the household of God. It's Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10, and it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own, I'm going to say selfishness here instead of sinful nature, their own selfishness will harvest decay and death from that selfishness. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, but especially to who? The family of faith. This wraps up everything we've been teaching and helps you to understand that as we support the family of faith, We give opportunity for God to be honored and glorified because we would be able to reach more people.
1: That's right. And don't give up. We learned that this week in VBS. We started out with, uh, I think, eight kids the first night, ten kids the first night, something like that. that. And by the end of it, we ended up with 25. Why? Because you guys didn't give up. You were tired, but you just kept showing up. And helping us and God bless that, right?
0: You you even said, I can't make it, and you showed up anyway. Yeah, love you all for that so much. (laughs) Amen.
1: Right, I want to read an illustration to you guys. A wise woman, the author's unknown here. A wise woman who was traveling in the mountains, found a precious stone in a stream. The next day she met another traveler who was hungry, and the wise woman opened her bag to share her food. The hungry traveler saw the precious stone and asked the woman to give it to him, and she did so without hesitation. The traveler left rejoicing in his good fortune and he knew the stone was worth enough to give him security for a lifetime. But a few days later, he came back to return the stone to the wise woman. I've been thinking, he said, I know how valuable the stone is, but I give it back in the hope that you can give me something even more precious. Give me what you have within you that enabled you to give me the stone. We have the Holy Spirit within us as believers. That is our precious gem. That is our stone. And when we give to others, we are showing them who God is.
0: They won't want our gifts anymore. They will want the giver.
1: That's right. It's not about the clothes they get in the clothes closet, it's not about the food that they get from the clothes closet, it's not about a hot dog. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> at, on a hot friday, on a afternoon. Hot friday night
1: right <laughs> it's about us accepting and loving people so that they will come back and want to say what is it about you what is it about those people over at the jar what is about what is up with
0: them they just keep emptying
1: they just accept us and love us for who we are and see us for who we are what is that all about and when they ask us that question we say here's the stone here's the Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus. We want you to be a part of it too. Come join us.
0: We want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Jar with Pastors Michael and Carrie Rogers. If you'd like to support our mission, you can go to www.thejarministries.net and look for the give button in the top right. Your sponsorship allows us to continue ministering to the least of us in our great city of Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you so much. I am filled to be empty